Welcome to episode 27 of the Catching Up Podcast with Connor and Nick. And this week's best topic, we're talking about the moments where we realized that we were entrepreneurs or had entrepreneurial tendencies and reflecting on the moments in our youth where we realized we thought a little bit differently than most people. Um, in today's show, we're also talking about when you have a startup idea, should you be keeping a secret or be sharing it with people? Inc. Magazine had an article come out that was talking about the end of open floor plans. And lastly, we're talking about some events coming up next week for Seattle Startup Week that we're really excited about. Thanks for joining us here at episode 27 of the Catching Up Podcast. Please enjoy the show. Yo, Nick, what's going on? Not much, man. How are you doing? I am wonderful. Happy October. Um, everything is going super well, but uh, how was your week? It was good. Yeah, it was good. It's uh, You can feel it's October now, you know, like just it really felt like the felt like we just flopped into fall. It's, uh, you know, definitely a little chillier in Seattle and starting to see some of the weather change, um, but I, I like it. Yeah, I mean, this is my favorite time of the year. I'm so excited. It's, the sports season is so good. There's the baseball playoffs. There's football. There's college football. Soccer is uh, finalizing and going yeah. to the playoffs. Like, it's just such a good time uh, on the weekends. And, yeah, beautiful time of year. Uh, but what about work? How's Founders Live going? It's going well. Yeah, it's going well. We're just trucking along. Um, we have probably four or five cities that will launch this month. And I'm, man, starting next week, I'm, I'm actually, I will be traveling um, more often than I normally do. Um, but I'll be pulled into um, Bozeman, Montana, which is interesting. Um, so uh, Bunker Labs, are you familiar with them? No, I'm not. So Bunker Labs is a really cool, um, really, it's, it's really kind of like a accelerator incubator for, um, you know, veterans that are now transitioning into, you know, entrepreneurship and they're building their own companies. And um, they really do focus on people that served and were uh, veterans. And um, so they requested, so they're doing some events across the country, but then on the West coast, there's specifically four that they wanted to involve founders live in, and the cities are Bozeman, Montana, Seattle, San Francisco, and LA. And so I'll be going to three of the four cities. And um, so next week, man, yeah, we've got, you know, the Bunker Labs Seattle event on Tuesday. You know, Founders Live will be a part of that. We have our Seattle, our next Founders Live Seattle event during Startup Week, which we'll talk about. And and then Thursday, I jump on a plane, go to Bozeman, and we have an event there within the Bunker Labs um, day-long event. And then um, – and then, like, at the end of the month, I'll be uh, flying to San Francisco to do one of their events. And then we'll be, I'll be flying to Spokane to do one of our events. So it's like, yeah, my October is going to fly by. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, it's, it's exciting, though, just to, like, get to go travel and experience that in different cities is uh, kind of what you've been working up to. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. So. All right, so I want to start the show off today. I know you listeners, you can't see this, but you should Google it right now. But there's this picture that's going around the internet, um, and I had a friend that works at Square who's like, "You got to check this out." And it is a Snapchat geo filter running at the offices of Square, and possibly Square's right there in the tenderloin, so it, it could be at Twitter employees also. 
but more or less, it is a snap filter saying, yes, we are targeting we're targeting you in at your workplace. So let me read the actual script here. It says, yes, we're recruiting you at their HQ on another platform. We know exactly what we're doing. Do you? And so based off this, uh, the picture is of a, a Lego guy at Square. But I bet because it says on another platform, I wouldn't be surprised if this was actually geared towards Twitter engineers. Um, but just like overall, Nick, when you saw this, what was your first impression when you saw it? Well, honestly, like, you know, because truth be told, you sent it to me. So I didn't really I, – I it was confusing to me, actually. Like, I'm like, okay, what's – you know, I, I think that that might be the purpose of like the double, triple take, which that's what PayPal's doing. Um, but I, I'm like, I honestly, like, I'm not fully pulling it, putting it together and maybe it's out of context, but um, I think it, in the end, it's just one of those, it, it is that subtle, um, just that marketing where it's like kind of the, the, you know, kind of, up, you know, what is uh, Gary V say like um, jab, jab, jab. And then, Right yeah, hook. so this is the right hook, man. Like, this is the, like, whoa, where'd this come from, and what are they doing? So Yeah, I mean, it is very, very direct for them running that. Um, and to, like, call it out and be like, it's on another platform. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, they're just, like, embracing it. And and I thought it was pretty cool because it it is so competitive, especially down in the Bay. I mean, it's competitive here for engineering talent as well. But to like be blatantly putting it out there like that. I just think it is like kind of hilarious. And and the reason why I love this so much is like the marketing between consumer brands is so exciting for me. Like the fast food battle that's going on on social media right now between like Wendy's and Taco Bell, I think is just like absolutely wonderful. <laughs> it's so entertaining to watch. And so I just love when consumer brands publicly are using these channels to like go out and compete against their competition and so i just saw it and i was like i i appreciate that a a company will that blatantly come out on a platform and say yes we're here to recruit you like swipe up and join our team i think that's just like such a great tactic and I'm, i'm curious to see if twitter or square any of these companies that are seeing these ads in their areas if they're going to respond yeah it it is funny but it's like you know as with all marketing it's all about just you know testing and just putting out there and seeing what happens that's cool yeah yeah and so um yeah i know you actually had some questions here from founders live how about we talk about one of those questions yeah so you know um so one of the topics that you know, we, we actually have a series going on on Founders Live right now around uh, building digital products. And the first, the first in the series, which is uh, provided by Foundry, um, they, not to be confused with the Foundry Group, which is an investment firm in Boulder, but Foundry is actually a, a digital, um, really actually a digital agency in Minneapolis that is um has really focuses on building digital products and um you know they can basically be a partner to outsource your your initial product build if if that's something that you're interested in but they're doing a series on founders live about you know really how to go about you know from ideation to uh creating your first product 
And uh, this first topic was really about like, you know, when you have an idea, um, do you talk about it or do you keep it secret? And I think my question to you, Connor, is do you think it's smart for founders to, you know, if they have a quote idea to keep it stealth and never tell anyone and try to work on it internally and see what happens? Or should they like share their idea and talk about it, talk about it with people? Yeah, my my opinion, and I think we, we touched a little bit on this before, is, is sharing is caring. Like, your uh, ideas are, there's so many ideas out there. There was probably a thousand people who came up with the idea of Uber, but it was only Travis and his team who went out and executed it and, like, built the product. And so you're only going to talk to a very few people who will ever be able to even start to execute on an idea that you may have and passion drives these things so much. Uh, so I think it's very rare that someone's going to go and steal your idea. Yeah. If you go to a very specific group of investors um, or startups, like possibly they could take your ideas or if they're already competitors, they could steal some of your features, but just like keeping it a secret is not helping anybody. Cause you need to get that feedback. Like if your idea sucks, you better hope that a lot of people tell you it sucks. I think a lot of times people don't tell you it sucks, but uh, you're going to want to get that feedback. And so keeping it secret is just you putting yourself in an echo chamber to not get feedback. Yeah, totally agree. And I'll take it even further. Um, and this is kind of, this is what the, um, the talk on Founders Live was about, which was really good. And or just, it was like, you know, I like the way they recorded it actually kind of like in studio and kind of two people having a conversation. Um, but really it's about, it's, it's not just like finding out if your idea sucks. It's really, it's one, sh- sharing it with people. Hopefully it's your target market, getting feedback and really f- discovering what the problem set is, the problem solution. You know, yeah. does this person have the problem? And that's what you should be, you know, I, man, I am a broken record now on this, but you should not be going around the world saying, hey, I've got this idea. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be great if, and you're just like pulling stuff from thin air and trying to create this new thing. That's not what it's about. It's about going around the world, discovering problems that people have and then bringing unique solutions to it. And that's the unique solution. It's the like talking with people saying like, man, do you struggle with this too? Or how do you have this problem in your life and how are you working around it right now? And within that, when you talk with a number of people on that, then you start identifying like, Oh, man, if we, yeah, if we built it this way, it would actually be so much more valuable or the solution could actually help these people in this way for cheaper, faster. You know, that's why you talk to a lot of people. So yeah, in the end, do not keep your idea secret. Tell as many people as possible. And really it's not telling them. It's more like inquire about the problem you're trying to solve. That's it. Talk to a hundred people. See if see out of what of those hundred people actually struggle with the problem. If two people have that problem, you're probably not knocking on the right door. But if 95 have that problem and they're just like wiring things together for a solution, now you're onto something. Yeah, I love your your concept of directing the conversation towards solving mm-hmm. the problem and finding those people who have that problem. That's a great strategy yeah. uh, because it's very focused you can understand like where your potential customer is going to be and where their pitfalls are. Great, great advice. Um, so talking about like solving problems, 
uh, Inc. Magazine came out with this article recently, and it, and it said it's official. Open plan offices are now the dumbest management fad of all time. And so a new study from Harvard reveals that open floor plans in offices decrease rather than increase face-to-face collaboration. And so, Nick, I know you've worked at a lot of like co-working spaces that that take this concept of, of open work. And I know you've worked in a few different offices as well. But what do you think about this? Like, is this going to be something in 10 years that that we all look back and was like, oh, remember when like the open floor plan was such a novel idea? <laughs> I think it it's funny because I think there's so many more factors in play here. And I think the, the article talks about it, which is like, it's basically because it's, it's more cost effective is one of the main reasons that companies, you know, you have a room and you just put 20 people in there versus, you know, uh, breaking it up and having little offices for each person or, you know, two people in each office, you know, it just, it turns out that, the way that you know offices are laid out and the way that real estate works is it's cheaper to to then pack in as many people um and yeah in the end i think you know when you look at today's work you know a lot of people work with headphones on a lot of people you know most companies that are in the tech industry specifically are, are basically functioning on slack sending emails left and right and um you know i'm not sure the whole like quote open floor plan because we're going to make sure that everyone talks together is yeah, I think that's kind of gone I just you know I from my experiences I don't I don't I don't recollect that it was a tremendously make or break uh in the standpoint of you know um everyone in the same room or not but I think just knowing that the natural flow or evolution of the way that coworkers work and like in this article it talks about you know embracing you know um embracing basically working um remote and in various parts of the country or the world um is you know you can do that if you are open to people working in a different office in a different room well then they can work in a different city or a different country so um yeah these are all the things in play and i just think it's um i'll answer it this way as I build out my company and my team, I don't think we're going to totally embrace the like has to have an open floor plan. Cause I just, I agree that I think there's all these factors are involved and um, you got to go with the stream versus fight against the stream. Yeah, exactly. And, and I do still think that having the open floor plan opens up opportunity for transparency and collaboration yeah. because you are in close proximity to each other and and that kind of keeps you on your toes a little bit and and with all of the issues in the workplace happening right now the open floor plan i think does help a little bit with uh, maybe maybe it's just pushing it's hiding some of the problems instead uh i'm not sure but yeah i I like the point they made about how this is transitioning more to the work from home concept and that does all revolve around how we communicate in the last 10 years the way that we communicate uh whether it's at work or in our personal lives is so different over the last decade. Uh, I don't think there's ever been a faster change in forms of communication than there have been lately yeah. uh, with, the, with the evolution of phones and, and how technology has scaled in the way that it has. And so, yeah, it, you know, it, it was a good idea back in, let's say the early two thousands or even la- just this last decade. But yeah, once Slack, and texting and everything 
has grown at the scale it has. It's just not as as usable anymore. Mm-hmm. Totally. And so, and so going on to uh, some of the next ones, there was a uh, – I'm going to steal your topic here, but um, from Founders Live. Oops, uh, that is the last one. How about you take it because I can't get my screen to load. Yeah, so, um, you know, the topic – there was a question on Founders Live that popped up that you know really just asked like was there a distinct moment when you decided to become an entrepreneur or maybe there was a point in you know in your life that like really kind of the switch flipped and you decided to you know jump in and build your own company um so me and you are kind of in that space when did that happen for you and why so I have always had very entrepreneurial tendencies. My uh, parents were very entrepreneurial. They owned a restaurant when I was a kid that I washed dishes in. They owned multiple businesses. Uh, they had like a side hustle of my dad would de- design and build houses. And my mom did all the interior design. And that was like the, the work that they did on the weekends. And I lived in six different houses that they built, designed, and then would flip eventually. Um and so it was just kind of always pretty innate in what I was doing. And, and the story that I always reflect on when I was in middle school, this was before there were debit cards. Uh, so everything was paid in cash. And at the cafeteria, we had these sleeve of donuts called donuts. They're like <laughs> the like little donut holes that are six donuts. Mm-hmm. Um, they come in like chocolate powder and crumb and they cost 90 cents. And so uh, I had a friend named Jordan and at our like recess break, we would have a challenge of who could collect four quarters the fastest uh, to go buy these donuts, right? And so we just walk around school, and 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 we had a giant class. I mean, there's probably seven, eight hundred kids in our class, so there's plenty of opportunities to collect quarters from. And by the end of recess, we would get four quarters, and then we go buy the donuts, and then we would get a dime back after. Uh, purchasing them so we knew if we do that for two weeks the second friday we would have nine dimes and we didn't have to sell on friday because we already had the money we go buy the donuts and uh i didn't even realize it actually until a couple years ago of like how powerful that was in just like teaching me different business concepts and and sales concepts and i'm such a sales driven person that uh those were some of like the earliest years that i realized like, oh, this is what I should be doing. And I kind of think in a different way to go get the things that I want from most people. Awesome. And then, and then, yeah, when it came to starting my company, um, working for the last startup, there was just some ups and downs. And I had to pick up consulting work on the side to pay some of my bills in some of the months. And that consulting work um, just proved to be good money and, and, and work that I could do that I had learned. And so uh, when the time was right, through some advice, uh, including Gary V and some of my other peers, it it came down to if I was actually putting a full time work effort into this consulting that I'm doing, what could I turn it into? And at the beginning of the year, I said, let's do it. Like, let me give it a couple months and see what happens. And now I'm 10 months later and things are going extremely well for me. Um, there's definitely no sign. I'm, I mean, I'm in the position of like, all right, how do I grow this thing now? Um, 
And, and so, but I'm still learning about like my entrepreneurial journey and where this is going to take me. Nice, dude. Yeah. How, how about you? When when did you realize it? Because well, you've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think going early back, um, man, in middle school, I had a paper out, and you know that was, did we would like my friend and I, which we lived probably like six blocks from each other. And then our paper route was like in the middle of like right equidistant between our, our houses. And we would rollerblade, like we would rollerblade and like deliver these papers in the morning. And it was like, not only was it fun, but it really gave me that for, I was like 13, 14 years old. It gave me that first real like understanding work, hard work and actually efficiency. Like we would get paid the same if, but we could, if we worked harder and faster and delivered it more um, creatively, we would be done quicker and we'd make more money quote per hour. But anyway, just like as a, that youth realizing like, Oh, do work, get paid. But it wasn't, it just didn't felt like a job. It felt like more like it was kind of your own business. And um, that really started to teach me the principles. And then, um, yeah, I think, you know, in, the mid 2000s basically mid to late 2000s i really started to like get my head around this and and it was really just observing and studying like the rise of um you know mobile like even watching facebook grow watching google grow studying the t you know internet and technology and just i i don't even have an exact answer except you i could not fight the poll like this is something that i just I would be a, I'm not that good of an employee because I'm too independent and focused on creating my things that it's just hard for me to stay in line in the way that I think an, an employee should, what I, you know, just following what needs to be done. You know, great employees do what's expected and ask for them, not anything color. They don't color outside the lines. They are mm -hmm. very good at coloring inside the lines. And I'm just not necessarily that like I was really born and created to, to build my own things and, and be the one that's kind of out in front leading and then having great employees that are ones that are coloring in the lines, you know? And um, so, yeah, like in 2011 was the last time I really had a full-time job outside of my um, specific industry and working on my concepts and businesses. So um, I wouldn't say that there was one distinct time, but I would just say like it's over over a period of five to seven years, I made that transition. And I was like, I could, it was like a disease that you couldn't fight off. And I finally just gave into it. Yeah, you've been doing a lot. I mean, I know a lot of people kind of are inspired by your journey and, and your ability to, to navigate the waters because it's, yeah. it's not easy. It's so stressful. Dude, here, the thing uh, is, it's, it's not easy. And, you know, it, it can get very difficult to read some of these like quote overnight successes and like people just come out of nowhere or companies that come out of nowhere and start raising like tens or hundreds of millions of dollars. And at the end, you just gotta like, you know, just fucking forget about them. It, it doesn't, and that is not you at all. Like just reading that and having that negatively affect you does no good. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you always got to bring back to like, okay, where are you at in your path and what can you improve or affect? Um, but yeah, this is taking a while, man, but I'm better for it. And I definitely, yeah, at this current time, would I want more in my bank? Of, of course. But man, just like, 
uh, it's so rewarding and I, the journey is really a part of it and I'm really enjoying it. Um, there's some challenges, but I'm, I'm definitely really enjoying it. Yeah. Well, uh, I know I'm, I'm here cheering you on every single week, Nick, cause, uh, yeah, I'm thanks. Just, I've just always been impressed by your tenacity. To go uh, thanks man. Appreciate um, it. So the last topic next week from October 8th, October 12th is Seattle startup, uh, presented by TechStars. And so Nick, how about you start off? Let's give us a little plug for your event and then, Give me an example. What's another event here at Startup Week that you are looking forward to attending? Awesome. Yeah. So we Founders Live Seattle will be on Wednesday. Uh, that'll be at 5.30 p.m. at Galvanize. We're excited about that. We, we've kind of – we've placed it uh, – last year we were like the opening party, and that was great. But we've placed it this year in kind of the middle of the week. Um, so, you know, people can – you know, we, so we're kind of peaking in the middle of the week, if you will. So that's – the Wednesday event will be the evening happy hour, kind of the big event. Um, so we're excited about that. Check that out. But a couple that popped out to me, you know, look, I mean, you look at the schedule, there's hundreds of, there's a number of them. It's like, if you could be at everywhere at one time, you could soak up all this information, but um, you know, how to launch your own successful crowdfunding campaign. That is on Tuesday, the 9th at one to 2 PM. Um, this just looks really interesting. I think, you know, the, the list of speakers is people that have had successful um, crowdfunding campaigns. And I mean, this is just one thing that's really interesting to me is executing a successful crowdfunding campaign does require some tact and skill and knowledge. So anyone that's thinking about that, I think that that's a really interesting um, interesting topic to learn from people that have gone before and done that. Another one is Future Founders Friday, which the name kind of slides into some of my past stuff, but um, it's really cool. So um, Female Founders Alliance is putting together this concept that at the start of the week, basically they're picking five people that will go through the week, take an idea, and then, you know, really work almost like, it's almost like an extended startup weekend. And then on Friday, they're going to jump on stage and pitch their vision and their um, idea to the crowd. So it's kind of a cool thing. You apply. If five get chosen, they'll walk through the week with through mentors and other things like that. And then um, on Friday, that event. So you'll see like really cool um, early, early stage ideas um, kind of coming out of the week. So I think that that's a really cool thing. How about you? Uh, yeah, there are a few. I'll go through the list here. So on Tuesday, uh, it applies a lot to the work that I do, but it's the influence of emerging tech on retail and shopping, fashion, and beauty. Uh, and I just think this is a super intriguing panel uh, because of how it applies really specifically to the work that I do because I'm so much with uh, with retail and brick-and-mortar businesses and just how – different companies are utilizing technology to grow their business. Uh, that is super interesting to me. That's on Tuesday at 2 p.m. There's also uh, Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. is the cannabis track, which I was very curious about. And it's cannabis exploring the wild west of retail and manufacturing. Um, and so I just think that this industry is going to be one of the biggest industries in the world uh, with producing cannabis and, and, we have the advantage of having it legal before everyone else. And so everyone who's kind of jumping in there, 
uh, there's going to be some big winners and some real big losers. And so I'm always curious just to find out who those people are. Um, so there's the yeah. CPO of Leafly, who's, who's already huge out there. Um, and founder and CEO, her name is uh, Laurel Lowe freezing and it's halo cannabis um i'm interested to to hear her speak and i have a, a client that is in the same industry so i'm just curious to network with more people there and then lastly on wednesday um this is before your event but in the wake of me too what's next for leadership and people ops i think this is just a real important panel um i think sometimes these series they're really hard to provide like sticky advice but i i am optimistic um that some good stuff is going to come out here because i think that's just super important in anyone who is thinking about being a leader whether it's of their own company or in another company i mean empathy and people management is one of the key factors to success and so uh learning how to deal with all types of people from all backgrounds is so important and so i'm just really yeah. curious um and i'm glad it looks like it's a very diverse panel and I'm, I'm excited that they have men and women on this panel i think that's really important to have the collaboration uh of both sides to to create a better vision that's awesome yeah like it Cool. Great. Well, that is the end of episode 27 here at Catching Up with Connor and Nick. Nick, you got any parting words for the audience? Well, um, if you're listening to this uh, today, which is Friday, have a good weekend. If not, um, if you're in Seattle, come say hi to us. It's Seattle Startup Week. And just, yeah, just uh, hopefully have a good week. Awesome. I'm looking forward to uh, the recap next week. Uh, of everything here from Seattle Startup Week. I hope you enjoy the upcoming weekend, Nick, and I will talk to you soon. All right. See you later. See ya.